0: Welcome to the Liberty Podcast with your host, Pastor Robert Maxey, Senior Pastor of Liberty Church of Baton Rouge. It's our prayer that this podcast should be life-changing for you and that you will share it with someone else. Now, here is Pastor Rob. 13 through 15, and when you get there, would you also go to Luke 8 8 and 42, put a pin in Second Kings thirteen through fifteen and then go to Luke eight forty-two. With my tablet. Alright, when you have it, say amen. And the word of the Lord reads And Elisha said to him, Take a bow and some arrows. So he took himself a bow and some arrows. Then he said to the king of Israel, put your hand on the bow. So he put his hand on it. And Elisha put his hand on the king's hand. And he said, open the east window. And he opened it. Then Elisha said, shoot. And he shot. And he said, the arrow of the Lord's deliverance and the arrow of deliverance from Syria. For you must strike the Syrians at Apec till you have destroyed them. Then he said, Take the arrows. So he took them. And he said to the king of Israel, Strike the ground. So he stuck three times and stopped. And the man of God was angry with him and said, You should have struck five or six times. Then you would have struck Syria till you had destroyed it. But now you will strike Syria only three times. But as he went, the multitude stronged him. I'm sorry, now to Luke. Luke 8, 42. And it says, but as he went, the multitude stronged him. Now a woman having a flow of blood for 12 years, who had spent all of her livelihood on physicians and could not be healed by any, came from behind and touched the border of his garment. And immediately her flow of blood stopped. And Jesus said, Who touched me? And when all denied it, Peter and those with him said, Master, the multitudes thronged and pressed you, and you said, Who touched me? But Jesus said, Somebody touched me, for I perceive power going out from me. Now, when the woman saw that she was not hidden, she came trembling and falling down before him she declared to him in the presence of all the people the reason she had touched him and how she was healed immediately and he said to her daughter be of good cheer your faith has made you well go in peace Father God we thank you for your word today Lord we thank you God that you are the master motivator Father God you called us out of darkness God and as you call us out, God, you called us to do a work, God. You called us, God, to not stay, Lord, where you called us, but to continually move. Today, God, many of us are stagnant. Called out of darkness, God, but we've stayed where you called us. Father God, you did not call us out of addiction to just be sober. Father God, you did not call us, God, out of bad relationships to just be single. Father God, you called us. Into your purpose, Lord. Father God, help us to see, God, what it is you have us to do. We thank you today, Lord, for your word. Open our ears that we may hear what the Spirit has to say. Father God, till the ground of our heart, Lord, that it may be fertile, Lord, and ready for the seed of your word. We thank you for what you're getting ready to do in this place. The cell phones are on silent. The children are quiet as we lean into your word this morning. Your Son Jesus' name we pray. Let everyone say, Amen. If you would help me preach this morning, would you look at your neighbor and say, "I should have reached out." You may take your seat. As we're taking your seat, I just have one more announcement before we jump into the word. I just want to um. Just say thank you, and, and just uh, if you don't understand or don't know, we have a weekly devotional that goes out every Monday or is it Tuesday? Tuesday. <laughs> it goes out. That goes to your email, and if you don't, if you haven't put your email address on the envelope, you probably don't receive it. Um, but if you have an email. Put it on that envelope so you can get these weekly devotionals that go out, and they're so good. Um, and so we read other people's devotionals, and we read, you know, um, the little booklets of devotionals, but we we got devotionals come from our church and from our leaders that are really good, and um, Minister Ivana and, and Minister Elizabeth are heading that. So I think you guys should really catch on and read what our church is doing. Amen. Amen. This uh, this thing I wanted to put out there to you. So this morning we have we've been in a series rewind where we're looking back at the series that we've been doing for the last year, 2021 and 2022. As we're going into 2023, we really want to focus on what we have been doing and see what God is giving us for this new year. Amen. And so as we rewind and look back at what we've What we've heard and what God has taught us We want to look back at a series That we walked into in 2021 Uh, So 2020 It was hindsight 2020 2021 it was hindsight 2020 And so I want to touch base on that series And really hear what God is saying for us this morning And so in the series we talked about Elisha And like the series Elisha is dying he's old and he is taken ill and the king has came to him because they are in a conflict with the king of Syria Um, and if you look at chapter 13 14 verse it says that Elisha has become sick with an illness of which he would die the bible says this then Josh Hosa the king of Israel came down to him and wept over his face and said, Oh, my father, my father, the chariots of Israel and their horsemen. Now, it, it sounds like he has a relationship with him. But what you would read is that he has not had a relationship with him. Matter of fact, this is only the, the, a couple of times that he's actually met him he has not had a relationship with him he's only met him a couple of times and it's been a long time since he's actually seen him and so he's come down to him in his time of need society tells us that we have to be strong independent uh, and ready to conquer the world But while you can always try to live your life on your own There will come a time when things will happen And there will be struggle There are people who, who you can easily reach out to but, but for most of us We only come to these people when there's times of struggle When when we come to these places in our life Where there are impossible situations And, and, and even though we know we should ask for help We normally don't. Things could be falling to pieces in our life and we won't ask for help. We won't. Uh, Right now I'm dealing with a a, a person that that is only calling me because he's in trouble. I don't feel no problem about preaching about it because he's listening. And so that's okay because I've told him the exact same thing. You only ask for help when you're in trouble But I've been here all alone I've always been here I've been here calling when you wasn't in trouble Where you at? Why are you not here? What you doing? Why are you not coming? What's wrong? Now you're calling because you're in trouble And see, we have a problem of asking for help There's a lot of people we just find difficult. Psalms 121, 1 through 8 tells us, I lift up my eyes to the mountain. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he watches over Israel, will not slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade or your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going, both now and forevermore. See, the thing that the summit begins with is the the perspective many of us are often lost in perspective that don't allow us to see how small our problems are and how big our God is like many of us I've been caught eyeing the many issues of my life and seeing them as big but not catching them from a mountain view see if I catch them from a mountain view they are small but I'm looking at my problems from the valley if i'm looking at my problems from the valley i'm seeing myself as small and my problems as huge but if i'm looking at them from a mountain view i see my god as huge and my problems as small oh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Hmm. Yes, sir. the perspective of that is that when i was 20 and when i was was younger i i, I had adolescent problems as a teenager everything was huge oh my god they talking about me oh my god oh my god I lost man I need these new shoes oh my god everything was huge but in my 20s I ain't care in my 20s I had all new problems that were huge when I think about the arguments I had with my wife in my twenties, we laugh about them now. When I do counseling with people in their twenties, their arguments in their twenties, I'm looking at my wife like that's it. If I gave you my issues, if I gave if I gave married couples my issues, me and my wife issues, they would fall apart. You know what? I'm going to give you me and my wife problems and see how you do. They would die under the pressure of 24-year marriage problems because they got two-year marriage problems. Because their perspective of life is wrong. Our perspective at 24 years is we don't talk about divorce. At two years, you're like, maybe this ain't working. Maybe this was wrong. I knew I shouldn't. Have. I knew it. At 24 years, you're like, you ain't going nowhere. At <laughs> uh, 24 years, we're like, we got too much invested in there. I gave you 24 years. You think you going somewhere? Else? You better go in there and take a nap. <laughs> I remember a couple of years ago. Julie says this. She said, "She said if he died. I'm get, He better. If I die. He better get in this casket with me." What you playing? <laughs> Are you stuck in the same perspective? I found that my perspective is a choice. Your perspective is a choice. It's much easier to stay where I am than to see things differently. But the psalmist says, I'm in the valley and my issues are here in this valley and I don't see no way out of it. You have a valley perspective. You have a valley perspective, and you've been in the same valley for five years, and you kept the same perspective. That's why every, nothing changes for you. You get a little things good happen in your life, and you like, oh, everything's happening good, everything's getting better, and then nothing, something happens, and it changes all of a sudden, and you like, see, it's just the same old thing. It, it's your valley perspective. Your perspective never changed. Even if the situations around you change, your perspective never changed. So you never see anything differently. It's your perspective. And that's why I come along and, I'm like, oh man, everything's great. And he was like, no, everything's not great. And this happened, this happened, this happened. Oh, but you thought know, you just got to look at it like this, you got to look at it like this. And you look at me like, I can't stand talking. because I come with a better attitude than you because I've been where you are and I just see things differently and so he says I look to the mountain where my help comes from how does God help because I needed help last year and I didn't get it and people are like well how does God help and if hindsight is 2020 I wish I had reached out uh, people, because uh, I wish I'd reach out for people. I wish i had to reach out for a helping hand. People will die because they refuse to ask for help, or worse, they have they have before and now they won't ask for help anymore. Maybe it's because they asked for help for somebody that was doing worse than them. <sighs> well, come on, you don't want you don't want to talk about that. Because you asked for somebody that was doing worse for you and you didn't get the help that you thought you needed. I don't want to spend another year needing help in my marriage and not asking for it. I don't want to spend another year battling in my health and not asking for help. Are you in a place this morning where you need to reach out and you don't? You see, in our series text, we've been talking about the king of Israel who has been in a long conflict with Syria. And like most of us, We try to figure out a way to fix our issues on our own, but it comes to the point where he needs intervention. He needs intervention from God and he goes to the prophet. He tells him to shoot his arrow. Now, this is the issue because he finally goes to the prophet after he's exhausted all other other measures in his life. And you see, this is where we always go wrong because God should be the first place we go, but he ends up being the last place. We go to all these different people, all these different places before we go to God. We don't even go to God in prayer. God always ends up being the last place we go. But he goes to the prophet, he goes to the man of God, and the man of God tells him to shoot his arrow, and he does. The problem that happens is that he tells him to shoot his arrows, but he never tells him to stop. He has a quiver full of arrows, but he shoots his arrows only three times. Hmm. He shoots his arrows and he does it, but he stops shooting, leaving arrows in his quiver, and the war not won. You see, this is a, a frustrating thing for people that are highly motivated. You ever have somebody that's just highly motivated? They like to get things done. They like to, and then you try to take somebody along with you that's just unmotivated. And you tell them to do something, and they just—they do the bare minimum of that thing. And I have a problem with teenagers like this, you know. And you tell them to do something, and they Can you go ahead and clean out the refrigerator? Did you clean out the refrigerator? Yeah, I moved that right there. Well, there's so much more. You see I can I can I can motivate you but I can't keep you motivated. And the man of God says this is what you need to do. God is telling me to tell you to shoot your arrows. You have a quiver of arrows. This is what you need to do to win. Shoot. And he goes and he's like mm, 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 and he stops. That's us. We have so much in us, and we have so much that we can do, and the body said, tell us what we need to do, and then we'll go and do the bare minimum of that thing. And we was like, it didn't work. It it didn't work. Well, did you go talk to so-and-so? I called one time, and she didn't answer the phone. Well, did you leave a message? I didn't leave a message. How many times did you call? Well, I called one time, and they didn't answer the phone. Where's your motivation? How many applications did you fill out? I filled out two. Did you call them? No, I just filled out the application. Where's your motivation? I can motivate you, but I can't keep you motivated. The man of God gets angry. He gets angry. He says this. He says, if you had continued to shoot, you would have won. But you only shot three times he said so you shot three times you may win a battle but you won't win the Oh, I need you to pick this up this morning the battle you winning the war is dependent on you continually doing what God told you to do where's your motivation God says, I will deliver you, but just depending on what you're going to do after your deliverance. You think I delivered you from addiction so you continue to live in recovery? What are you doing? I'm in recovery. Dang, recover. Where's your motivation? You think God delivered you out of bad relationships, so you continue to go into bad relationships? Uh, that's not what God has for you. If hindsight is twenty twenty, God delivered you for purpose. Where is your motivation? Where is your thought process? God said, I gave you a quiver of arrows to continue to shoot. You haven't won nothing. You haven't completed nothing. It's time for you to keep shooting. Uh, So in Luke, we read about this woman that seemed to have shot her arrows. She has paid all these doctors and physicians, and she has gone through the recovery process, and she has not healed. The fact that she is bleeding has made her unclean, and she wasn't allowed to be around her family. Her family has separated themselves from her, and she's, this has been going on for 12 years. She is alone she's separated, she's by herself, she's bleeding, she's exhausted, and she is destitute. Mm. And the Bible doesn't even give her a name. She is just the woman with the issue. Uh (laughs) Anybody been the one with the issue? Anybody been the one with the issue? They don't even call you by your name no more. They just say he's the issue. You're not even one with the issue. you just the issue. You don't go to the your parties anymore. You don't go to the family reunions anymore because you are the <laughs> Y'all picking it up this morning. I love that. I love that. You're the issue. And so this is not some abstract story in the Bible. This is real life. People are living this. They are saying I've done everything I can. I tried to fix it. I tried to fix the issue with my family. I tried to fix the issue in my life. I tried to fix my flow of blood and I'm still the issue. Come on. I tried going back to school. It didn't work out. I tried to fix my marriage. It didn't work out. I tried to fix the problem in my children. It didn't work out. And I'm still the issue. And I keep coming back to unclean. But I love this woman because even though people called her the issue, even though they called her the problem, even though she was bleeding for 12 years, she still found the motivation to push through. I love that. I love people that are motivated. She still found the motivation to push through. You see, she realized that the time for crying was over. She realized that the time for licking her wounds was over. She realized the time for laying in her bed and one in waiting for somebody else to fix her problem was over. Yes, yes, yes. Ain't nobody going to fix it, boo-boo. Yeah. It's time for you to get up and get your stuff together for yourself because ain't nobody going to fix it. Ain't no doctor going to fix it. No counselor going to fix it. Ain't no marriage person going to fix it. Ain't no pastor going to fix it for you. It's time for you to get up and you going to seek God for yourself. Woo. Hey, God is waiting He's waiting. When you gonna pray? When you gonna stop calling people and say, "Will you gonna pray for, me? Will you pray for 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 me? You pray for me. You better pray for yourself. You know how I many people they say, "I'm, you know, I'm praying for you." They ain't really praying for you. There's a lot of people saying, "I'm praying for you." You know, I'm praying for you. I'm praying for you. They pray for you. They, I, they, they thought process. Well, no, you know, I gotta pray for them, but they forgot. You better pray for yourself. She said, I got to get up from this place. I got to go and get it for myself. I heard about this Jesus. And even though there's a bunch of people that might talk about me, there's a bunch of people that may make fun of me. I might bleed along the way, but I'm going to get there. I'll leave a trail of blood for somebody to follow me to Jesus if they have to. So she fought through crowds. I know there's a bunch of people in the crowd. There's a bunch of people that are going to talk about you. There's a bunch of people that come to watch you. There's a bunch of people that may even follow you. There's a bunch of people in the crowd. I don't care about crowds anymore. I used to be in a crowd. But now I'm in a crowd of people that want to follow me to Jesus. I'm tired of crowds. She was in a crowd and she fought through the fact that others also needed Jesus. Because she knew her healing was on the other side of her push. Look at somebody and say, you better push. You better push. If you want something in this life, you better push. You better push because on the other side of your push is your victory. And on the other side of that push is you falling back into that valley. So which one do you want? The valley or do you want the victory? You better push. Uh, she said, I'd better push. I'm tired of this bed. I'm tired of this blood. I better push. Oh, she said, I need to push. Mm. James 1, 2-4 1, says, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you knew that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness and let your steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete lacking nothing she says i'm tired of lacking i'm tired of not having joy you uh, i got to go get my joy back i got to go get my joy back i got to go get my peace back i've been walking in this sadness for too long i've been walking in this uh, uh, this this cloud of depression for way too long and I need to count it all joy when I meet my trials. You see, this is a trial that I'm in. And so you've been looking at this trial and looking at depression. <laughs> <laughs> Baby, you better count it joy. You better count it joy. If you're going through a trial, this is where you meet Jesus at. This is where you meet your testimony at. That you can talk to people. This is to count it all joy. He says that I may be made perfect and complete, lacking nothing. He's talking about your character. Your character is still lacking. Your character is still lacking perfection. And in this place is where he fixed your character. Your trials is where your character becomes better. Because you still got stuff to work on. I got to get me better. And then God is saying there's still stuff in you that has to be burnt out of you. God, this is the refining process that we started singing about earlier. Refine in me. Make me more like you, Jesus. We say stuff like that, but we don't mean it. And so maybe you keep going through this same stuff because you keep missing the test. Oh, y'all like that. you don't like that. You mean I keep bumping my head on the same stuff because I forget to duck? You mean you ain't learned to duck yet? I learned to duck when I was 10. The second thing is she touched Jesus. Jesus. The Bible says she touched the border of his garment, uh, but this is confusing because the Bible says she touched the border of his garment, but Jesus says that she touched me. The Bible says she touched the border of his garment, but Jesus says, "Who touched me?" That is confused. Did she touch the border or did she touch me? I'm confused. The Bible says she touched the hem of his garment. But Jesus says, "Who touched me?" I realize this—that when I touch what's connected to Jesus, I touch Him. Ah, oh, that's good. That's good. That's good, baby. If you grab a hold of me, you grab a hold of Jesus. You grab a hold of me, you grab a hold of. Je- you better touch somebody that's, Jesus. You better somebody that's touching Jesus. You better grab somebody that's touching Jesus. You better grab a hold of somebody that's touching Jesus. You better stop Stop looking at the wrong things and ask for help for the right people. Because the problem is, you won't ask for help. You better ask for help for somebody that's touching Jesus. If you don't know how to touch him for yourself, you better ask for somebody that's touching Jesus. Uh-huh. Yep. 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 Ask to somebody. Because if I touch you, I'm touching him. Come on, come on, come on. Ah, Hebrews 4, 15, 16. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weakness, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in a time of need. That's what we have to do. We come boldly. Ah, I'm tired of wimpy prayers I'm tired of people coming up here Not knowing how to, to fall to their knees I learned a long time I don't care who looking at me I don't care who to judging me You could be in whatever crowd you need to be If I come up here and I start crawling And crying And taking off my jacket Or whatever I need to do He could be the apostle, the pastor The deacon, whatever he is You better fall down with him and get what you need I'm coming to get mine you better get yours I come to get freedom that's why if you want to watch me worship you better do that because I'm gonna get mine I'm tired of people sitting up there looking at me crazy look watch and judge <laughs> yep Yep, yep, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yep. Yeah. Third thing is this. There you come on back. Remember, you are not hidden. You see, the problem for most of us is we think that we are hidden. We think that God doesn't see us while we're in our trials and our situations and our problem because God didn't give us an answer right away. That's because the teacher is silent in the middle of the test. Uh, He ain't trying to give you the answer right away. He wants you to begin to trust him. You see, I love this because she saw that she was not hidden. Through all her trials and situations, the moment that she reached out to him, He felt her. Jesus says because he felt power leave him. She felt his healing power enter her and heal her of something that was, said she was suffering from for 12 years. But I love the idea of not being hidden from him. Even when I'm going through, I am known by him. known by him. I'm not known by my issue. I'm not known by my struggle. I'm not known by my sin. I'm not known by what I did wrong. But I was known from the time I was conceived. I'm known by him. And he created a purpose for me before I was even in my mother's womb. I'm known by him not just by name but by spirit by my heart I'm known by him do you understand that this morning that in the depths of who you are people may not even know your name they may not even know the struggle that you're going through you came here today you came here maybe last week people may not even speak to you but you are known. Your family may not even be speaking to you right now and it's the holidays, but you are known by someone greater. John Piper, one of my favorite preachers, he says this, deeper than knowing God is being known by God. And what defines us as Christians is not most profoundly that we have come to know him, but that he took a note of us and made us his own. Can you handle that? Believers in Christ Jesus, God has known and loved you before the foundations of the world. This is doctrine to be enjoyed and comforted in our most trying times. Jeremiah 12, 3 says this, But you, O Lord, know me. You see me and test my heart towards you. Every day I look in the mirror and there's times that I don't even know me. That I question my own motives and my own heart but I know He does. Jeremiah, I mean, 1 Corinthians 13, 12 says this, For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know fully, even if I have been fully known. We don't know every truth. We don't know every, we don't know what tomorrow will bring, but one day we will know it at all, just like he knows us. What am I saying this morning is that she shot her arrow, and she didn't stop until she got her healing. Will you stand with me today? She didn't stop until she got her healing. She didn't stop until she made it to Jesus. She didn't stop until she reached out with the little strength that she had left why do we stop why do we quit why do we lose motivation in the time when we should keep going I can motivate you but I can't keep you motivated God can deliver you but he can't can't keep you delivered that is your choice He gave you free will. Free will. He did not take your free will. It is your choice to stay. It is your choice to stay in the house. It is your choice to stay sober. It is your choice. We continue to cast demons out of you. We continue to to, to play hands on you and pray for you. But at the end of the day, it is your choice. It's your choice of what you're going to do. It's your choice to welcome, welcome those spirits back into your life. It is your choice. What will you choose today? I'm getting ready to open the altar up. The altar will be open for everyone to pray for themselves. And guess what? It's your choice of what you're going to do. I'm not going to beg you to come. I'm not going to beg you to get up here and pray for yourself. It is your choice of where your motivation will be this morning. But we're going to worship, and we're going to sing, and we're going to pray. And I'm going to come by, and I'm going to lay a hand on you. But it's your choice of what you're going to do. Amen. Father God, we thank you today. As we open up the altar, I pray, Lord, that you touch each and every person that's in here. Move in this place, God, like never before. Open up their heart and their spirit, God, that they will hear you today. your son Jesus' name.